Hey Hope family, welcome back to another Hope Daily. You get an extra dose of Dave this week because Pastor Dan is away for a few days. And I want to share probably less devotional thoughts and more just overarching thoughts on the book of Judges. As I read it, and it came up in conversation a few different times throughout the month as we read it as a church, one repeated question came up in various forms, but basically the question was, why are we reading this? Or why is this even in the Bible? And if you read it, you get where that question came from. If the book of Judges was called by a different title, sold separately, and you happened to pick it up off the shelf in the library and start reading it, you'd wonder what pervert decided it was a good idea to publish this book. It is full of disturbing and graphic stories that that really leave you with no redeeming quality. There's nothing about it that points to the fact that it's a holy text. Taken in isolation, it really doesn't leave you closer to God. Genesis, for instance, has some crude stories, but you can see what God is doing, and it even ends on a bit of a hopeful, redemptive note. Judges? Not so much. So, why is it here? First of all, it's Jewish history. They decided to keep this book as a part of their holy text, and as you learn more about the Jewish religion, especially the Hebrew Bible, there are no accidents, no oversights. Everything is there for a reason. Your Bible probably has the Old Testament arranged in five different sections. The Pentateuch, or the books of Moses, the history books, then the poetry or wisdom books, then major prophets, and then minor prophets, and the prophets are arranged by length of the book. The Hebrew Bible is arranged a bit differently. There are three major sections of the Old Testament, which is just the entire Hebrew Bible. They are the teaching, or the Torah, the prophets, or the Nevi'im, and then the Ketavim, or the writings. I've linked in the show notes to how they order that, so you can check it out if you're interested. There are plenty of similarities, but there are differences, and where there are differences, they are key. But even in our Bibles, we can see that the Old Testament is telling one unified story. So what is that story? In short, it is Israel's and really humanity's, need for a new Adam. The guys over at the Bible Project have done great work looking at the role that Adam was supposed to fill as a priest king. And really, the rest of the Old Testament after Adam is about anticipation for someone to step into that role and the highs and lows of that expectation being missed out on. Let me take you briefly from Moses through Judges to illustrate how this is the thread that keeps it all together. We've been going through Exodus and Numbers on Sunday morning, so you'll recall that Israel had been taken captive by Egypt. So God calls Moses to lead his people and confront Pharaoh. This is the role of a king. Moses is also called to speak to God on behalf of the people and speak to the people on behalf of God. This is the role of a priest. So Moses is called to be this new Adam, this new priest king. But Moses immediately flakes and God says, okay, fine, you were supposed to fill both of these roles, but I will have Aaron assist you. And we see that this is the start of the Levitical priesthood. The priesthood begins as a plan B. They were never supposed to be a separate entity. Moses was supposed to fill this role, but now Aaron and the line of Levi will. 
we never really get any long-lasting positive reputation of the Levitical priesthood because they were never supposed to be a thing. So let's skip ahead. And we see that due to the failings of both Moses and Aaron and the people of Israel, they will not be allowed to enter the promised land. Our hope is built that Moses will be the guy, but alas, he is not. We are promised in Deuteronomy to be on the lookout for a prophet like Moses. Enter Joshua. The old guard has died out and we have renewed hope that Joshua will be this priest king for the people. Things start out well and the Israelites are taking over the promised land with only a few hiccups here and there. And by the time we get to the end of Joshua and the beginning of Judges, we see that they have failed to do what God had told them to do. They have failed to completely remove Canaanite influence. And especially in Judges, this becomes tragic. We see a continued cycle of Judges falling deeper and deeper into depravity. The book of Judges ends with a gruesome story of a Levite, remember, this is the line of the priesthood, throwing his concubine to a a mob of men who rape her repeatedly and leave her for dead. If you read Judges 19, you will see clear parallels to Genesis 19 and the story of Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah. Only, I would argue that Judges 19 is a worse account than Genesis 19. The reason being that in Genesis 19, it was a foreign pagan city seeking to gratify their depraved sexual desires. And it was Lot, who really isn't part of the chosen people. God chose Abraham, and Abraham brought along his nephew. So Lot is one step removed from Abraham, and he's the one who offers his daughters. But now we have Israelites acting like the Sodomites, and we have a man from the priestly family offering his concubine. There are so many layers here, but what we see is that Israel has become Canaan. And we are led to believe throughout the last five chapters or so that the reason why Israel was in this predicament is because in those days there was no king in Israel. Reading about failed leader after failed leader, reading about the continued degradation of anything resembling a moral compass, and you are left longing for a king to set things right. In our English Bibles, we get the book of Ruth next. So shines a good deed in a weary world. And the book of Ruth ends with a name, David. We could dig in on that more in a bit, but instead... Let me just point out that in the Hebrew Bible, Ruth comes much later. In the Hebrew Bible, we go from Judges right into the story of 1 and 2 Samuel, and we have this deep desire for a king to set things right. So we can pause here. But within context, we begin to see the importance of Judges. It remains vile and disturbing in its content, but it serves the purpose of showing the need Israel has for a king and a priesthood that will set the people right. That will bring the people back to a right relationship with God. That can live in the land and subdue it like the first priest king was meant to do. And like Abraham was promised would be true of his offspring. So as we head into 1st and 2nd Samuel over the next couple of months, let us feel the longing that Israel felt. We are now at our lowest point. Who is it that will set this right? 